Father, thank you for today. Lord, thank you for the ability to worship together. Thank you for being amongst us as we get into your word. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come, that you would open up your word to us. God, that you would transform us by it and that you would help us walk away with a deeper sense of wanting to know you and be like you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Well, welcome everybody, welcome to Zion. It is good to have you with us. My name is Justin, I'm the pastor here, and we are going through a series called The Way of Jesus. And in this series, what we wanna explore is how to walk by the Spirit. And if you didn't listen a couple of weeks ago, uh, weeks ago as we set up this uh, series that we're walking into, I encourage you go and listen to it uh, because we saw in scripture that if we walk by the Spirit, we will not uh, fulfill the desires of our flesh. And walking by the Spirit is understood by the early church was walking in the ways that Jesus did. And so what we are doing with this series is we are exploring what did Jesus do? What were the ways that he lived and how can we live a life empowered by the Spirit the same way that Jesus lived a life empowered by the Spirit? So every week we're going through different practices that Jesus did on a regular basis. Last week was our first week and Melvin spoke about scripture reading and study and how that was an active, powerful part of Jesus's life. Uh, today we're going to be talking about fasting. And you know, sometimes it's just wild for me to think about this, that uh, Jesus did these things. We're talking about the eternal God, the one who by his very power holds together all things and without him, nothing could be. Yet Jesus, when he was here on earth, left a model where he read the Bible, he prayed on a regular basis, he fasted, he went alone uh, to times of silence and solitude to get away from the crowd that Jesus needed alone time. These are uh, amazing things as you understand the gravity of who Jesus is, but then also understand that Jesus was leaving us a template for how we can live out this life in the kingdom in the world, but not of the world. And these are the things that Jesus did on a regular basis that we are exploring how do we live this life? How do we change our daily, regular habits so that the Spirit's fruit can come and be alive in us of patience, peace, uh, love, self-control, not getting our own way, these things, how can they naturally grow in our life, into our character from being with Jesus and like him? So, um, we, as we talk about fasting today, uh, it's, it's interesting, uh, in Matthew chapter 9, verse 14 to 15, John the Baptist, uh, John the Baptist was the one who prepared the way for Jesus and baptized uh, Jesus before he went into the wilderness, which is what Melvin uh, preached about last week. And it was actually a perfect setup because that entire passage that Melvin preached from last week, Jesus was fasting. He was on a 40-day uh, fast in the wilderness. And... Um, he comes out, John the, John the Baptist, later on in, in Jesus's ministry, his disciples come to Jesus and ask him, why don't your disciples fast? We fast, everybody else is fasting, why don't your disciples fast? And Jesus you know, gives a very simple answer and he just says, they're not supposed to fast while I'm here, uh, but when I leave, they're going to need to fast like everybody else. So not only does Jesus do this, but he expects that his disciples will actively uh, participate in the discipline of fasting in their walk with God. 
Uh, this is something expected of all of God's disciples to do. And fasting is a really big topic. And so I tried, uh, I wanted to think about what would be the best scripture uh, for us to look at that would give us kind of what is, what is a bad way to fast and what is a good way to fast? You know, there's fasting, you see it throughout all of scripture from the very beginning of scripture uh, to the very end, this practice of fasting and, and it's, it's all over the place. And so if you want some resources on what to do in a fast and, and uh, what to read, if you wanna dive deeper into the topic of fasting than we're getting in today, then I encourage you text 97,097,000. Uh, text that number, just text the word sermon. What you'll get is a sermon resource, an outline, a PDF. Just click it on your phone and on the bottom of that, you'll see some sermon resources, a book we recommend and a video from our very own Sherelle. Uh, just speaking really quickly about how to do a productive fast in today's world. So we won't be able to cover everything about fasting, but what we will be able to do is we're going to look at Isaiah 58. Uh, and what Isaiah, he was a prophet in the Old Testament. This was before Jesus was around. And he had a lot of things to say. He's one of uh, the most incredible prophets, in my opinion, in the Old Testament, uh, just because of how many times he prophesied about the Messiah, but just all the, the, the different uh, things that Isaiah has to say and how beautifully it is written. One of the things towards the end of the book of Isaiah that he gets into is just how Israel, uh, the God's people, this nation, they were fasting, but they were fasting in an improper way. And actually they were, they were fasting in a way that displeased God. And so it would have been better for them not to fast than to do what they were doing. And so I think this is a really good uh, kind of case study for us to look at and see what does God not like about uh, how we would tend to do fasting and what would he rather us uh, do. And, <clears throat> you know, um, so we're going to look at Isaiah 58, uh, but if you don't even know what the word fasting is, and I'll take a second, fasting is, you know, I know this has become a more popular kind of cultural term because of intermittent fasting, and there's been a lot of research and study into actually how healthy fasting is for people, uh, done under the right circumstances um, and health conditions that this can be something that is restorative naturally to your body, healthy for your body. We're not talking about intermittent fasting though. Fasting is an ancient practice uh, that we see all the way back to the Torah where it is this practice where we give up the thing that we as humans would say we need the most uh, and that is food or bread. This is our substance. Uh, we need to eat regularly throughout the day and if you don't, uh, you know, you start feeling that hangry coming on and your that's your body telling you, you better eat. I'm, I'm getting mad right now at you. And then in turn, we get mad at everybody else. But so fasting is the discipline of uh, taking away food from our day and from our life to show that God is the primary source of substance that we need, of sustenance in, in our life. And... <clears throat> And so this is not something new, um, but this is also not something so ancient that we don't do anymore. Uh, this is something that from the very beginning we see as a practice of God's people and is something that is expected uh, to continue even throughout today. 
So like I said, we're gonna start off with Isaiah 58, uh, one to five. And um, this is going to be Isaiah really getting into Israel. And what I'm gonna do is kind of just stop and go verse by verse and walk through this with us because there's so many different words and things being used here. I think it would be important for us to just understand uh, what we are reading as we go through Isaiah 58. So I encourage you, if you have your Bible, open it up. You got your phone, you got your app, open it up. Walk through Isaiah 58 with me today because I think it would be a powerful time and it's a powerful scripture for us to be able to reflect on in the future as we participate in this discipline of fasting together. So Isaiah 58. Verse one, cry aloud, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their transgression, to the house of Jacob, their sins. So this is Isaiah saying he is about, uh, he is about to give a prophetic word to Israel that God is, is calling him to speak, to make this declaration that is going to be a word of conviction that will hopefully produce repentance in God's people. So Isaiah right here is setting up. This is what he's about to do. He is about to proclaim something. And in that proclaiming, he is hoping that there is going to be repentance in God's people. So the prophetic word starts here in verse two. He says, yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as if they were a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the judgment of their God. They ask me of righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to me. Uh, this word in verse two, or this phrase, as if, uh, I, I wanna just focus on that. It says, they, they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as if they were a nation that did righteousness. So, you know, the, think about religious practices here. They, what Israel was doing in their fast, it was only, and their religious rites, it was pretense. Uh, they were doing these rituals, these rites. What they were doing uh, was uh, we're going to pretend that we're walking in the righteous ways as if they were a, nat a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the judgment. So, you know, I, I think like uh, a, a relationship, uh, imagine, I'm sure everybody has had this, you find out somebody close to you just you did you dirty in something. And they don't know that you know. Uh, and you're, you, the next time you hang out, it's like, you, I know what you did. I know what you're doing. I know what's in your heart. But you're going to come in, we're going to smile, and we're, you're just going to pretend like you didn't just do me dirty. Like there's not something in between us. Like you're going to do all the regular friendship things. Give me a hug. Kiss me on the cheek. Text me how I'm doing. See how I am. But I know that your heart is not in this relationship. I know what you're doing behind my back. And that's kind of what Isaiah is setting up here, what God is saying to Israel, that you're acting like everything's all good. You're acting like you haven't been betraying me, like you haven't been turning your back on me, like you haven't been participating in idolatry. But God knows our heart. Verse three, why have we fasted and you not see it? So this is Israel speaking now to God, right? They, they are coming to him, verse two, we see, they ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near in me. So they're asking for God's voice. They're, they're happy to come close to him. But yet, what is their response? They say to God, why have we fasted and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? 
So they're fasting, they're performing their religious rituals, they're coming to God and they're saying we're doing everything right, but why haven't you answered? You're not answering our prayers, we're not getting closer to you, it feels like you're not there. What's going on, God? Why is this happening right now? And God answers, he says, behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure. So he's letting Israel know, this is why. I'm not answering you. This is why you are not going to get a response from me and receive the blessing of fasting. It says, behold, in the day of your fast, this is the second part of verse three, you seek your own pleasure and oppress all of your workers. So God's answer is is this. So the, the day of atonement was the day of a fast, and we read that in the Torah, and so uh, in Leviticus, it says that when you fast, you were not supposed to work. It was an extra Sabbath day. This was a day where you were going to dedicate it to God. You were going to dedicate it to God's glory. Uh, and, and so you were not going to work. And so what was happening was the religious elite, they were proclaiming fast and uh, they were participating in the fast and they were taking a day off from work, but they weren't allowing their workers to take a day off from work. They were still making everybody else continue to fast because they still wanted to live off the fat of the land. And, and so this wasn't truly a fast. God saw what they were doing and they were using this extra day off in the week to oppress the other people that were working for them. And so he says, in that, in the day of your fast, you're seeking your own pleasure. You are just using this extra day off for yourself. You're not actually wanting to seek me. You're not coming to me with a right heart and with the right attitude. You are just taking a day off. And instead of making this something that you are truly find holy and, and truly sanctifying and everybody is doing with you, this day of atonement is just for your pleasure and everybody else you're continuing to make work. And that, in God's eyes, was a sign of oppression towards the people. And so then in verse 4, he says, God continues, Behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight, and to hit with a wicked fist. A day without eating that is not full of God's Spirit just turns into a day of being hangry. And I have been there uh, where, man, I'm, I'm fasting for the wrong reasons. My heart's not in it. I'm just doing this either out of obligation or because I, I need something or I wanna know something. And so it's like, ugh, all right, I'm gonna fast and I'm gonna do it. And man, by two o'clock, three o'clock, I'm, I'm working and I'm just biting everybody's heads off. I'm, I'm snapping at my kids, snapping at my wife, snapping at my friends and, 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 that is not a good fast. That is not the point uh, of a fast. When we are fasting, he, he is looking at their actions and he's saying, you are, you are just, this day of no food for you, you're just fighting with each other. And, and it's actually not just verbal fighting, but you're getting into physical altercations with each other because you're also hungry and you got nothing better to do but then to fight with each other, to scream at each other and to quarrel with one another. And we got to remember that, that a fast without God's presence is just a hunger strike. And that is is not gonna end well. That's gonna end in frustration, that's gonna end in the opposite of the fruit of the Spirit, that's gonna end in hatred and anger and 
and just, man, how, how do I get what I want right now? And I want all of these things. It's not, God, how am I sustained by you and you alone? Second part, he says, fasting, God says this, fasting like yours this day will not make your voice to be heard on high. So there's actually a wrong way to fast. So God is saying when you fast like this, when you're doing, you're oppressing your workers, when you're just taking an extra day off for your own pleasure, when you're not doing it in a way that is full of the spirit of God, guess what? God is not going to answer. Your voice will not even be heard. When we fast with an improper heart in an improper way, God looks at that and he says, I'm not going to participate in that. That I am wiping my hands clean of that. God will not respond with outward religion when our heart is not in the right place. That is not what God wants. You can do all the signs of a good fast. We read this in verse five. Is such the fast that I choose? Again, this is God speaking, a day for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? So you can do all the signs. They were doing everything. They were, they were prostrating themselves before God. They were putting on sackcloth and ashes, which was a way to, to show mourning that they wanted to be in God's presence. They were humbling themselves. They did that in physical ways with, with their body posture and their attitude for the day. But, but God is looking at that and he's saying, is, is, is this really what I want? Is for you to just Postrate yourself to have this outward show, this outward appearance of religion when your heart is not actually there, where your heart is in the wrong place, where, you know, it's so easy. I think about this a lot in church where we have all the outward signs of good religion. We raise our hands. We know when to say amen during the preaching. We know when to come up and get prayed for. We know, you know, how to do the worship face. You know, we, we know how to answer people when they ask us how we're doing while well, I'm blessed and highly favored. We know all the religious practices and we can do all of those religious practices, but our heart can be far from God. And God constantly over and over again says in scripture that he is not interested in an outward show of faith if it does not first stem from an inward place of faith in him. And when that happens, when we have outward religion, like the Pharisees, where Jesus, one of my best, I just love this burn, he says that you are whitewashed tombs. You are real pretty on the outside, but inside you reek of death. Right, when our religion is like whitewashed tombs, when on the outside we know all the nice things to say, all the nice things to do, but on the inside when there is death, when there's no life from Christ, God will look at that and he will reject it. He will not answer, he will not even hear the request, it says. He wants nothing to do with that. He says, will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord that's sarcastic like, this, this is a fast, this is what you bring to me, this outward show. See, Israel was turning into the, in their religion to look like the religious practices around them, like the, specifically the Canaanites. What they were doing, their religion was not true love for God, their religion was not true faithfulness to God and faith in God. 
Their religion instead was doing things to apply pressure to God so that God can perform what they wanted, so God can perform their will. Their, God, see, see, God doesn't ask us to do things to influence him. And this is what Israel was falling into. God asks us to do things so that we can obey him. And that's the difference. Israel and their fast, they were turning into Canaan. They were turning into the pagan idolatry and religions around them where Yahweh was just like Baal. Yahweh was just like all these other gods where if you look at all the different cultures, Greek culture, Roman culture, Canaanite culture, Philistine culture, all of these other cultures of the world, the rituals that they did, the things, the, the, the sacrifices that they performed was not in just obedience to God or their gods. It was what? To influence, to bend those gods to their will so that they can receive the outcome that they want. But God is not asking us to do works just so that we can influence his decision. God is asking for obedience, not works looking for reward, but faith acting in obedience. See, when I think about this, and, and many times, or I've participated in a bad fast, or I see people fasting for wrong reasons around us, I think, don't fast so that God can get you a better job. That's what this means. Fast so that you can be in God's will whether you get a job or not. Don't fast so that you can get your child saved. Fast so God can give you wisdom on how to approach conversations. Don't fast to bend God to your will. Fast to bend your will to God's. Do you see the difference there? All the religious practices of pagan idolatry, and, and the world around us will tell us, well, how do I get God to perform what I want him to do? Where God is looking at us and saying, no, I want you to conform to my will. And so how do we reverse what Israel is doing? How do we not fall into the same trap, into the same disaster that they did of constantly trying to get God and treating God like just any other pagan idol, and instead looking at God and saying, you are the ultimate, you are the creator, you are sovereign, you know everything. God, help me bend my will, help me bend my desires to you, and that's what fasting does. Not, let me, let me look at the goodie bag and fast so I can get God to give me one of the goodies out of the goodie bag. No, that's not fasting. In fact, Isaiah then goes into a proper way to fast. What does a good fast look like? If, if this is what God does not want, if God looks at this and says, I'm not listening to that, I'm not, even, I'm not even gonna allow that to be heard in my presence, this is not what I want, then what is a good fast? Well, Isaiah gives two if-then statements, and the first one is, is in verses six to nine. He says, is not this the fast that I choose? So God is saying, this is the fast that I want. Not that one, this one to loose the bonds of wickedness. Another way of saying this, to loose the chains of injustice, to undo the straps of the yoke, which is to start to stop treating other people like animals, like they are like inhumanely, looking at other people and treating them inhumanely. 
to let the oppressed go free and to, or basically to stop allowing inequity and to break every yoke. See, God is not rejecting fasting in general here. What he is rejecting instead is the way they were fasting and he's showing this is the proper fast. This is what happens. The proper fast breaks the yoke of injustice, inhumanity, and inequality. This is the type of fast that God wants. This is the type of thing that he wants to see happen in a fast, not a a continuation of oppression, a continuation of injustice, a continuation of the chains uh, holding us and, and in society, but instead he wants not only to loose the yoke and make it lighter, he wants to then break the yoke. So that this is what our fast is all of about. This is the type of fast that God likes. In verse seven, it says, is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? See what in verse six What he gives is a societal view. This is what he wants to see society doing during their fast. In verse seven, he brings it down more to a personal view. It can be easy to be a vocal society justice warrior, but then to forget about the poor that is right in front of you. And never take into your own home the person who is hungry or the person that needs to be fed or the person that needs to be clothed. Where we know Jesus says that if if you feed them, you have fed me. If you clothe them, you have clothed me. If you care for the least of these, you have cared for me. This is a real fast in God's eyes. This is truly what we are supposed to be doing. In verse eight, he says, if you do all of this, Right? If, if your fast is true in this regard, if you are walking into the righteousness of God, into the mercy of God, into the justice of God, in verse eight, then shall your light break forth like the dawn. This, this word break forth here, it means to erupt like flood waters. This is a bursting forth that is coming out. This is an eruption of God's power in your life. And then what does God proclaim here? He proclaims four blessings over the people if they fast properly. So let's read verse eight. Then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am right? Don't fast for your healing. Don't fast for your personal pleasure. Fast to God in the way that he calls us, which is to look outward, to look to others in need, to love others, love your neighbor, and then to love God. When you do that, what happens? Then what does God do? He takes care of your healing. Then what does God do? He listens to you and responds to you. The the four blessings that are proclaimed over the people who fast properly are new beginnings, personal restoration, security with righteousness as your advance guard and God's glory as your rear guard. Free and free flowing fellowship with God. I mean, these are amazing blessings that are are proclaimed over people that, that fast in the way that God calls us to fast. I mean, we but do you see the difference here that God is saying don't fast because you want these things. 
These are the things that are going to naturally come when you fast in the way that I have called you to do. When you fast in the proper way, when you fast towards righteousness, when you fast towards justice, when you fast towards mercy, not the justice of the world, God's justice, not the righteousness of the world, God's righteousness, not the mercy of the world, God's mercy. How God defines those things, that, that fast is a real fast. God is more interested in us doing the true work of the gospel than at playing religion. God could care less about pretense. He wants to see the true work of the gospel happen in our heart. A godly fast brings us towards the justice, righteousness, and mercy of God towards all around us. We can make believe all we want that we love God, but until our hearts align with our actions, our fast will be in vain. God is making that abundantly clear. We will never experience the blessing promised of fasting if we continue to fast in religious pretense, if we fast for our own pleasure, for our own thing, our own will. See, Isaiah continues in the second if-then statement. He says in the second part of verse nine, if you take away the yoke from your midst and, and the pointing of the finger and the speaking wickedness, if you pour yourself out, verse 10, for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, all right, let's, let's say you live in an unjust society and you think, man, there's nothing I can do society-wise. And, and, and then here are some personal commands. This is what you can do during a fast. This is how you can walk out a fast that will be full of God's spirit. It says the first thing, stop pointing the finger, which, which means stop acting suggestively towards others and causing mischief, right? How, how are, what are your actions doing towards others? Stop speaking wickedness. What is your tongue? What is coming out of your tongue? There's so much in Proverbs, in James, about the power of a tongue and the things that we say, the things that we, we, we say about people. James says you bless God with when one side of your mouth and then you curse people in the other side of your mouth, right? God says, no, stay away from wickedness. This is a real fast, to pour yourself out. Does that sound like somebody that we know? Jesus, what did he do? He poured himself out like a drink offering. So Isaiah says, God says here through Isaiah, pour yourself out. For who? For the hungry. As you deny yourself food, who is it that you can feed? As you are taking away food from your diet today and or for a week or however long you're fasting, who is it that is in need of food, that this is the food that you would have had, that you would have spent money on? Who can you now feed with that food instead? Pour yourself out for the hungry. This, God says, this is a real fast. This is how you really do it. This is what I'm looking for. This shows true heart transformation. This aligns me with you. This is my righteousness, my justice, and my mercy. And then again, four blessings are proclaimed. If you are fasting the way God calls you to fast, then what will happen? His blessings will come. Second part of verse 10, he says, Then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire, right? You are satisfying the desire of the hungry. Now what is God doing? He is satisfying your desire in scorched places and making your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. And your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt 
and you shall raise from the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. These four blessings here, clear guidance, divine supply, fresh resources, Isaiah says, like water flowing into a garden, restoration and continuance. These blessings are proclaimed over the people. This is what God will do. So often we fast for the blessing and we forget the way of Jesus. God is saying, no, don't fast for your own pleasure. Don't fast for what you want. Don't fast because you want that new job. Don't fast because of what, whatever it is that you want God to do in your life. Fast in a way that helps you live out the greatest commandment that Jesus said, to love God and to love others. To love God with your heart, your soul, your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. This is true fasting, the true practices of a fast. The Israelites sought the blessing and faked their religion to get it. But let me tell you, God is not fooled with us. Our fast should be to produce Christ-likeness, to produce his justice in our life, to produce his righteousness in our heart, to produce his mercy towards others. This is what a true fast looks like in our life. This is what Isaiah is proclaiming to God's people. This is what God wants in a fast. Then from there, God loves to reward his children. You see, the reason why I don't need to pray for God's reward and I don't need to pray for God's blessing and I don't need to fast for God to give me his guidance and I don't need to fast to hear God's voice is because I know God's default mode is to bless his children. God's default mode is to guide his, uh, his sheep. He is the good shepherd. God is the God of armies. God is the God of my provision. This is not something I need to ask God for. This is just something that I need to be God's child for. I don't need to fast for God to speak to me. I don't need to fast, you know, to, to have God's blessing over me. But when I do fast... This is God's default mode. This is his character. This is what he loves to do for his kids. This is something God does all the time. But when we start seeking the blessing and not the blesser, then our hearts get tangled in false religion like the Israelites did, like the Pharisees did. And we start becoming that whitewashed tomb Real pretty, real beautiful on the outside, but reeking of death inwardly. This is what I want and I hope for you today to learn. That fasting as a religious practice to get what you want will never work. God doesn't want to hear it. Fasting as a way to live in obedience to God's command to love your neighbor and to love him will produce unmatched blessing in your life. This is what Isaiah is saying to the people. So yeah, you wanna get closer to God. You wanna hear more of God. You need direction from God. Don't fast 
and just be preoccupied with yourself all day because that will lead to hangry, that will lead to frustration, and that will lead to unanswered prayers. But instead, fast and say, God, how do I live into your justice? God, how do I live into your righteousness? God, how do I live into your mercy? And that will always lead us outward. How can I bless God in my worship? How can I bless my neighbor in my fast? And it's just this beautiful cycle of God says, let me bless you. These eight blessings proclaimed in Isaiah 58, new beginnings, personal restoration, security, fellowship with God, guidance, supply, resources, and restoration. These are beautiful things that God is constantly wanting to pour out in his children. But what he doesn't want is for us to pretend to be religious to get it. What he wants is our heart. And fasting, what it will do is it will say, God, you have my heart more than food does, more than anything I need to live, more than anything I feel like I can't live without. You have my heart. As Melvin reminded us of what Jesus said last week, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Your word, your living word, that is what sustains me. That is what I want. And that is what fasting helps us do and remind ourselves in our life of. That it is God that sustains us. Not my next meal, not my paycheck, not my phone, not my friendships. The only place where living water can flow from is from the throne room of God. That is the only place that I can receive life and life abundantly. Pray with me. Lord, I pray that you would help us reorient our hearts. Lord, that our fasting would not be for our own pleasures. Lord, but it would be to fulfill the desire of others. That our fasting would truly practice the way that you call us to fast. In actions that aren't for show towards other people to congratulate us and to look upon us and smile at us, but is to care for your creation, to care for our neighbor, to grow deeper in our love for you to mold our will and our desires to your will and your desire for our life and for this earth, to live into your justice, into your righteousness, and into your mercy. Help us, God, to walk the way that Jesus left a model for us to walk. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen.